At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got a tremendous hour coming up for you as we're going to be hitting upon some NFL here in this segment as I take you through what I'm taking a look at in terms of the Circa Millions card for this week. Fortunately, most of the lines for the contest, they are very, very equal to what we are seeing right now in terms of betting markets. So what I like in terms of contests, I like in terms of a betting standpoint right now. And we're going to be talking a little bit of UFC in 15 minutes as we're going to be joined by Spencer Kite. Does a great job following the UFC. And then we've got Dan Stupp of Action Network joining me as we've got some free fights. And we've got a relatively solid card, in my opinion, for this fight night. So we're going to be taking a look at the Octagon in about 15 or so minutes. And then to round things out, going to give you guys some college basketball plays for this Friday. So hitting upon a little bit of everything. So let's get things started off with a little bit of football, taking a look at the Circuit Millions card for week number 13. And I just didn't like the Bills enough to play them in the contest. And I played them, obviously, that would have been a nice little W. But this is a really, really good card. And it comes down to... Just the games in general that you take a look at and you just cross out. Like for me right now, the Ravens laying eight and a half points. I want to fade the Broncos with every fiber in my body, but considering the Ravens costed me bets giving, they are just on the no-fly list for this week. It's not been great with the Ravens because they have led by nine plus points in every single game this season, but 
They've got four straight-up losses, the one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, boy, that's that's a spirit killer. That is just going to have me needing to just see them a little bit more. They need to rebuild my confidence in them right now. I do take a look at this game, though, and I'm pretty set on it. That would be the Titans and the Eagles, and the Titans are a team I have backed so much. Heck, I backed them last week in the contest. I think that out of the, all of the teams in the contest, it's probably the team that I backed the most, but now getting just four and a half points against the Eagles, and I know that we keep talking about the Eagles and that they do a bad job of being able to shut down the ground game. Oh, the Eagles. We've got to have concerns with this, that, and the other. They're not as impressive as the record says that they are. They are playing to win the game, and they've been able to get it done, and I'm able to trust that Jalen Hurts a whole heck of a lot more than Ryan Tannehill. I do think that Ryan Tannehill at some point is going to need to air it out, and I know that we've got our fears with the Eagles, and their rush defense, not quite that of the Cincinnati Bengals, but you saw what the Bengals were able to do with Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry has had a few clunkers this season. Now, are the Titans going to be looking to get him going once again in this game? Oh, absolutely darn lootly, but with the way that the Philadelphia Eagles operate as well, with the way that they have been able to just score at will in the first half of games, when you score at will in the first half, you put a team down by multiple scores. You know what that means? They have to air it out. And you know what I don't trust in? Ryan Tannehill not making a fool out of himself. So this is a good spot, in my opinion, for the Eagles. And I mean, we talk about the Eagles as if they've been some terrible team in recent weeks. They just knocked off the Packers by a touchdown. Now, with the Green Bay Packers, they were able to get Jordan Love in the game, and he was able to look halfway decent in his relief appearance. But still, the Eagles were in full control of that game throughout. I am willing to lay four and a half with the Eagles. I feel like the Love has gone a little bit too far with the Tennessee Titans, really, for the first time all year. Because the Titans, in my opinion, this is the first time all season long in which the market has been a little bit too bullish on them. I think that it's been very, very bearish on them all season long. Now we've got ourselves a nice little overreaction. Now this is a number that in the contest is the Packers being a four and a half point favorite. Now if you're looking across betting markets, the Packers are a three and a half point favorite and I have been fading my home state Green Bay Packers for so long that's not even funny. But now you've got Chicago Bears owner Aaron Rodgers out there and well, it looks like he's going to be playing in this game. He's going to be playing until the Packers are mathematically eliminated if you ask me and I think that you got good value here with the Green Bay Packers. One of the few Packers covers this year came when they played against the Chicago Bears in primetime in week number two. It was one of Aaron Rodgers' best performances, and now he finally has a guy that he's able to trust in the receiver core. That would be Mr. Christian Watson, who has really been able to emerge in recent weeks. And for the Bears, even if they do have Justin Fields out there, even if Justin Fields does what he's capable of doing because we saw Justin Fields have all those 100-plus yard games on the ground. For one, I think we need to see a little bit more out of him as a passer, and that's not even a knock on Justin Fields. That's just a knock on the fact that the Bears have absolutely nothing around him. The offensive line, it is pretty much as soft as toilet paper at this point, and with the wide receiver core, you don't have Darnell Mooney in the fold anymore. He's out for the season. You have, well, Chase Claypool, who... He could be, in my opinion, a solid number two slash a number three guy. He's not a number one guy. They've been dealing with Khalil Herbert, dealing with an injury. So that hurts their ground game as well. So you're able to go down the line. And it's a Bears team that 
They traded away Khalil Mack in the offseason. They traded away Roquan Smith. You're able to go down the list of guys that have been sold away by this Bears team, and they are left with not a lot of bodies on defense. For Aaron Rodgers, even with him going with subpar weapons, you still have a very good ground game with the team as well. A bowling ball style running back in A.J. Dillon. You've got Aaron Jones out there. I think the Packers should be able to carve up the Bears. That is one that I'm taking a look at. Even with the line being a 4.5 instead of a 3.5, I don't think it should be mattering in this spot. I think that the Bear, the Packers have a win this game by a full touchdown. I take a look at this game between the Saints and the Bucks, and I am so conflicted by this one. This is the one that is most questionable as to whether or not it's going to be making my card, but with the Buccaneers, it just feels like they continue to be overvalued. I recognize that this is a game that has now gone to four in some spots, and the Saints are not necessarily a team that I want to be backing on a week-in and week-out basis as well because they were going to be having Jameis Winston as their quarterback. Who knows what's happening behind the scenes with that because with Jameis Winston, he's made a recovery from his injuries. He has not returned as a starter, and they've decided, you know what? We're going to ride with the Red Rifle and Andy Dalton, which he hasn't necessarily been horrible. I mean... Anyone that says that Andy Dalton has been like some pathetic quarterback or anything like that, you're not actually watching the games. He had that nice performance against the LA Rams. I mean, against the San Francisco 49ers, that was not the world's greatest look, but I just don't know how much better Jameis Winston would have been in that game as well. But I mean, at least a lot to be desired. You've got two not necessarily great options, but at the very least, with the New Orleans Saints, you've got some semblance of a ground game because you've got Alvin Kamara currently in the fold and that is pretty much all you need. They need to give him more carries because he's had 12 carries or fewer in each of the last four weeks, which I find to be very befuddling. He no doubt gets involved in the pass game, but with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, this is the worst ground game in the NFL right now, and I don't even think that there's necessarily a close second, and Leonard Fournette is actually a rather gifted running back, but this offensive line is not making any holes for him whatsoever. We've seen Rashad White actually be getting quite a few more carries, and this looked really good in the last two weeks. I will say that he's had 36 carries for north of a buck six or north of 165 yards. So he's been able to emerge. He's been able to give the team a little bit of pop. But Tom Brady, I mean, let's call it what it is. This isn't to tarnish Tom Brady, who, in my opinion, is the greatest quarterback of all time. But he's 45 years old. I mean, I really don't feel like I need much more of a reason to fade the Buccaneers rather than they're starting a 45-year-old quarterback. I recognize that it's Tom Brady. I recognize that he's been able to defeat Father Time for so long, but trusting in a 45-year-old quarterback just doesn't seem like anything that I want to do. And Tom Brady, he's only got two interceptions this season. If you look at these games, he should have a whole heck of a lot more than two interceptions. I mean, interceptions could be one of the most deceiving stats in the NFL, in my opinion, because you just take a look at some of these guys like Tom Brady, and he's had... So many guys have interceptions right in their midst, and it's as if they ate something that was a little bit too buttery to start out with because it just slides right down. And then you've got other guys that hit their wide receiver right in the numbers, and the ball slides off his hands and right into the defenders, and that counts as an interception. So I do think that it's very important to take that into context, but with the Buccaneers, they also just aren't doing a good job of being able to generate turnovers in general. They themselves... I've been able to get seven interceptions this season. The defense up front has actually been able to get a lot of sacks. They've got 36 sacks as a collective, so they've been able to do actually a rather tremendous job up front, and it's been by committee, but just don't necessarily have a lot of a semblance of offense, and 
being able to get north of three with the New Orleans Saints, that is something that appeals to me. Now, this is, in my opinion, a board that gets a little bit murkier moving forward, but being able to get four with the Dolphins against the 49ers, this is one that I've talked about all week long, so I'm going to have this one be a little bit shorter, but absolutely love this Miami Dolphins team in this spot. Be able to talk about how how this San Francisco 49ers team is going to have so much intel on the Dolphins because, well, Mike McDaniel was there. You've got the running backs of the Dolphins. They were former San Francisco 49ers, but that means that Mike McDaniel also has a lot of intel on Jimmy G. He's got a lot of intel on this defense in general, so I think that that is very important to take a look at, and I might be the schmuck to do it. The Browns laying seven points I think is just too steep. I think that the Texans are going to want to do everything humanly possible to take down this Browns team to make Deshaun Watson's return to Houston as miserable and as sad as humanly possible. I think that this is one where you've got to take a look at the human element of things, and Lovey Smith is not going to have this team quitting. I was talking about this in the last hour with Mackenzie Kramer, trying to gauge some of these, shall we say, teams that are out of the playoff race and the ones that are going to roll over and die and the ones that are going to continue to give you fight as long as Lovey Smith is the coach of the Texans team, you're going to get a good, honest effort. Is the talent there with the team? Thumbs down. No. But with that said, I knew are the Browns to be laying a touchdown with a guy that hasn't started a game in darn near two years. And when we saw Deshaun Watson in the preseason, it was a small sample size, but he looked absolutely horrible as well. I'm going to take the same approach I do with a lot of these starting pitchers that come off the injured list when it comes to Major League Baseball and fade until I see reasons otherwise. So that is going to be my approach there. Subject to a little bit of change, but that's what I'm looking at in terms of the Circa Millions card for this weekend. Let's take a look at some UFC next as we're going to be joined by Spencer Kite along with Action Network Stand Soap to break that down right here. I'm the Greg Peterson Experience. I'm Vison, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Get in on all the football action this season with Hulu Plus Live TV's Football Extravaganza. Compete for free for your chance at $55,000 in two different ways. Predict what will happen in three college football pools and then make your picks for eight fantasy NFL contests. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Hulu NFL now to play for free. Hulu Plus Live TV, like cable, only better. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions, they do apply. See DraftKings.com. For details, as we're back here on the Great Peterson Experience on Vison, the Sports Betting Network, great to be joined by our guests as we've got Spencer Kite. He's a freelancer that does most of his work over there at UFC.com. And then Dan Stuff, he does great work over at Action Network. And gentlemen, this is going to be a great fight card. Some free fights, giving the people what they want. And I will start with you, Dan, with regards to this fight as we've got a lot of fights that have a rather sizable favorite. So I'm going to pick one out in which... It's a relative pick Right now, you've got Tracy Cortez and Amanda Rebus right in that neighborhood. Cortez has emerged as a little bit of a favorite in some spots right around minus 115, but it's a relative pick and here's how you know it's a pick The round prop is at 2.5, juicy over right around minus 320. This is about as juiced up as I have seen an over prop in a very, very long time. So it's telling you that it's going to go to a judge's scorecard, and it's pretty much a coin toss from there. Do you agree slash disagree? Because I do think that is very telling with the line. Yeah, no, I, I kind of factoring in the fact that this is should go to a decision actually kind of plays into to my pick uh, of Tracy Cortez. I grabbed her at plus 100 earlier this week. Like you said, it's still a virtual pick em, So you can still get a very good price on her. Rebus is very, very good. Um, I was very big on her. I, I still am. I just think Cortez is getting so good from fight to fight and and getting more technical. And now she's building the confidence on top of it. Uh, you give me a fight over 15 minutes with uh, someone 
who seems a little hungrier, who's getting so much better fight to fight. Um, I, I just, I, I feel like this is probably her fight to lose and she has shown no indication that she folds under pressure. So I really like Cortez in this spot. And do you agree with this Spencer? Because I do think that this is one of the most interesting fights on the card. And if you don't think it's going to go to the judges scorecard, well, there's a lot of plus money out there for you. There is a lot of plus money out there for you. And, and I tend to, I actually side on the other, I go the other, the other way with it. I like Amanda Hebos here. Um, I, I agree with everything Dan's saying about Tracy Cortez. I just think Hebos is the slightly better prospect. We've seen her in there with a little bit better competition. Now, granted, it hasn't gone her way. She's lost those two fights against the best opponents she's faced. But I think she does a little more on the feet. She's got a little bit more of a well-rounded game than we've seen from Tracy Cortez thus far. And as you man, as you mentioned, it's juice to the gills to to go the decision. You can get Amanda Hebos to finish at a nice number. It'll be tough to happen. It we we haven't seen Tracy Cortez lose since her debut. It's a tough ask, but it's it's priced accordingly. Yep, it's just such an interesting fight in my opinion. Two fighters that are relative equals and two fighters that are probably not going to be getting a finish in this one. And I just want to get your thoughts on this before we dive into any more fights. And I'll start with you, Spencer. I mentioned it. We're seeing a bunch of big giant favorites on the card. You're seeing a lot of minus $4, a lot of minus $5, minus $3, things of that nature. In terms of a card that has this many heavy favorites, is this one where you take a little bit more of a look at round props, parlays, things of that nature to be able to reduce the juice because there are a lot of big favorites on this. Yeah, for me, that's that's what I spent a lot of time looking at is seeing where you can get some value from some of those favorites. I know Dan and the guys over at Action Network have done the same with some of these fights, and we'll get to a few of them on the main card, I'm sure. But when you get these athletes that are minus 300, minus 400, minus 550 in the case of Hafields of Sanjos in, in the co-main event, you got to find ways to get value because betting that money line just isn't worth the juice isn't worth the squeeze there. And so finding props that you can play, whether it's round bets, whether it's type of finish or a combination of those two is, is the way I look for these fights. Yeah. But I'll pose the same question to you, Dan, what is sort of the strategy in terms of a card like this, where you do have a bunch of very chalky money line favorites. Yeah. I'm actually not a, a huge live better. Once, once we get to, to fight night, I actually kind of like to sit back and watch the fights and not have to worry about odds, but I think there's quite a few fights with these big favorites, um, you know, where they may get Jack Hermanson on the main card, I think is a, a good example where I think he gets off to a slow start. Um, so do you want to pay minus 180 for um, pre-fight or probably get him close to even money uh, after the first round if he does give that away or, or gets a slow start, which we've seen from him. So, um, you know, and a, another example of that, I guess, is the uh, preliminary card with um uh, uh, Jonathan Pierce and Darren Elkins. I, I think Elkins' only clear path to victory is to get a quick stoppage. I think as the fight goes on, Pierce is just a much better fighter and will take over. Uh, so instead of Beck and Pierce, I'm actually looking at the under two and a half rounds. I, I think, you know, it kind of covers us with Pierce gets out to a dominant win, like I think he will, or if Elkins kind of figures out something early and, and can stave off the uh, eventual prob prob or probable knockout from Elkins. So um, yeah, I think, you know, we've got some big favorites, but thankfully MMA betting lets us attack uh, these fights from different angles. And you can find some, uh, you know, much, much better odds than you would get just playing them on the money line. Absolutely. And you do bring up that Elkins versus Pierce fight. And 
Spencer, do you have any sort of an opinion here? Because this is one of the chalkier ones that we're finding. I'm seeing Pierce in some spots as high as a minus $5 favorite. And as Dan was alluding to, the round prop for under two and a half rounds, you're finding that anywhere between a more modest minus 125 to minus 135. It's very much heavy in favor of Jonathan Pierce. I do think he wins, but this is where my like favorite little flyer of the night comes from. Dan knows this. Anybody that has watched Darren Elkins fight over the course of his career knows this. The dude is almost impossible to kill. We've seen him rally from being two rounds down at various points in his career. So Darren Elkins to win in round three is at plus 2,800 and just feels like the ultimate long shot ticket that we've seen it happen too many times to not just sprinkle a little something there just for fun. Jonathan Pierce wrestles a lot. So there is that possibility that he tires. Darren Elkins is a good wrestler himself. And so in a fight where I do think Jonathan Pierce is probably going to win and he is a heavy favorite, that just feels like a fun little way to, to liven things up going into the third round for me. Yep. No question. This is one of the bigger, shall we say money lines that are on the card, but this is one that I think is going to be a little bit more equal, and I think that this is going to be one of the better fights that we're going to see of the night. Angela Hill going up uh, with, up against Emmanuel Ducote, and with Hill right around to pick him to a plus 105 slight underdog, and I was mentioning the round prop and how juiced it was in terms of the rebus fight. Well, this one is even further. I'm right now seeing at DraftKings over two and a half rounds, minus 410. I can't remember the last time I've seen minus $4 on over two and a half, but... Here we are. I'll start with you, Dan, on this one. Is there any chance that we get some sort of a salvage in this one? Because if we do, it's going to be a big giant plus money win for anyone. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I kind of taking uh, Spencer's approach. I, I think, you know, playing some third round stoppage uh, uh, props may is a decent angle just because Angela Hill uh, can kind of start a little slow, but really take over late. She's, she's got cardio for days. I think Spencer and I are on opposite sides of this fight. And honestly, I could see an argument uh, against Hill, but also my wife is making me bet <laughs> Angela Hill because she's a big Angela Hill fan. Um, but really, I think cardio could be the, the huge difference maker in this fight. We've, we've already seen Angela Hill, you know, lose first rounds 10 to 8 and look completely out of it. And just with that cardio and that grit, she comes back. And by the end of the fight, she's forcing split decisions or, or squeaking out narrow wins. So, um, you know, I, I think she's got enough cardio and, and enough expertise that she could get a third round stoppage. But just playing her straight up on the money line at, at plus money or close to even money, I think is a great play. Well, Dan, don't worry. I've got a wife that she knows not too much about college basketball. But every single time Youngstown State is on the board, apparently I have to bet them because <laughs> she likes Penguins. So, yeah. We've all been there before, so I do salute you on that, and hopefully it gets to the window. And I will ask you about this one as well, Spencer. We've got the Hill fight with this just being such a ridiculous, juicy over in terms of the round prop. Any sort of a lean on this one? Because I do think that it is so fascinating. Take a look at some of these f fights where you've got the round prop of a 2.5 over just juice north of $3. Yeah, the interesting thing for me with that was that I was able to find Emily Ducote at, at plus 150 to win by decision. And so for a fighter that I think, for a fight that we all think and, and the Sharps think is going the distance, you're going to give me plus money on somebody to, to win by decision. And so I'm really interested in this fight. Everything that Dan said about Angela Hill is 100% correct. I'm siding with Dakota just because she's the younger fighter. I think she looked good in her debut against Jessica Penne, 
who is Angela Hill's podcast partner. So this is a little bit of a revenge angle for Angie Hill. I think it's going to be a great fight. There is some finishing possibilities. Emily Ducote had a great finish to win the Invicta title uh, last year against Danielle Taylor. But with that that line being set at what it is for the over, that plus money for, for either of them really to win by decision feels like a good way to go. It is, and I do think that this is going to be a tremendous card, and we're going to be continuing to talk about it and the main fights on the other side with Dan Self over at Action Network, along with Spencer Kite, who does a great job with most of his work being at UFC.com. That's up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Cyber Monday deal has been extended. Sign up now to become a VSIN Pro subscriber and you will get a daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and the bets are moving for every single game, and a deep dive on daily betting reports, along with our upcoming College Bowl and Super Bowl betting guides. New VSIN Pro annual subscribers also get a $30 credit to the VSIN store. The VSIN store is a great place to shop for VSIN sh- sports betting hats shirts, mugs, and other great deals. Hurry up, this is an extended Cyber Monday offer that's not going to last, so sign up for the perfect sports holiday betting gift at vsin.com slash subscribe. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, rejoined by Dan Stupp along with Spencer Kite. Spencer does great work as a freelancer over there at UFC.com, and likewise, Dan Stupp does amazing work over at Action Network, and we looked a lot at the undercard in the last segment now let's do some brass tacks as to some of the fights that we're going to be seeing towards the end of it. Dan, I will lead off with this one. Very interested by Tui Tayavasa along with Sergey Pavlovich. Pavlovich right now, sizable favorite. A little bit north of minus $2 in a lot of spots. I'm seeing more around minus 215, minus 220. And this is one where Pavlovich was more around about a minus 150-ish on the open. Where do you stand in terms of this one? Because we've seen a rather big move and we have certainly seen this Round prop gets steam to the under. Yeah, no, I, I love uh, Tuivasa. He's a fun fighter. It's just that Pavlovich is just a scary, huge, strong, fearless dude. I mean, it's just, he is kind of, I think, your next generation heavyweight. You know, we we had heavyweights like Brock Lesnar back in the day, and then we kind of got smaller with Stipe. And this guy is just a mountain of a man, and he knows how to use the size. Um, my only, you know, I'd probably lean a little more uh, toward Tuivasa uh, or, or think that he's probably, um, you know, a live dog just because he carries so much power. But, man, he he had a really rough fight just three months ago. I, I feel like he's rushing back a little soon. Still, I think he learned enough from that fight. And, and I think uh, his opponent, Pavlovich, here is going to understand that uh, he doesn't want to get in a, a huge firefight with a, a guy like Tuivasa. Um, I, I think this maybe slows it down a bit. I, I think we see maybe a slightly more calculated um, fight uh, in a first round. Um, you know, there, there's a prop of the fight starting round two uh, that I like that you can get a plus money. Um, you, you go over a round and a half, and I think you're pushing close to plus 200. Um, I think if you're looking for an angle to bet this fight and, and Pavlovich straight up on the money line, uh, if he's not making your tail wag, then I think maybe go in these prop rounds. I, I think I know a lot of people are expecting a very quick fight. And if this thing ends in 30 seconds with either guy's hand raised, I'm probably not going to be real surprised. But looking at those juicy numbers, 
I, I think you can make an argument for this thing starting round two or even going over a round and a half. Yeah, but I think that this is such an interesting fight. And I do think that certainly Pavlovich was a little bit undervalued at the front, but I do think that the steam has gone a little bit too far. I'm not sure if you agree, Spencer, but I'm sort of with Dan on this one in that we could see this fight be going a little bit longer than people are thinking. I do tend to think that it's it's gone a little bit too high. Like Taitu Ivasa was in a main event in the debut event in Paris just a few months ago. Now he lost that fight, but he acquitted himself well against Cyril Gan in that fight. He's looked very good before that, winning five straight all by stoppage. I don't think this gets past a round and a half. I think somebody gets knocked out. I think somebody's left looking up at the lights, but it could be either one of these guys. And for me then, it just goes to where where the value is at. And for me, that's Tai Tuivasa, a guy that we've we've seen him win fights of this nature before. I think Pavlovich has a bright future. He could very well go out here and win this fight handily. But it's sort of a little bit of a just just prove to me that you can do it before I can I can take you at, at minus two hundred or greater. Yep, that is a rather hefty number, and this is the heftiest number on the card and this is one that has really, really went upward as Rafael Dos Anjos opened up right around minus 330, where I sit at Circa. It's got an interesting number, minus 555. You're seeing in other places more in the middle of that, more around minus 550, minus 560 or so against Brian Barbarina. But that said, it just feels like Dos Anjos does exactly what Barbarina does not want done to him. Dan, I will pose this to you. Just how big of a mismatch is this? Because I just take a look at the way these two fighters go, and I feel like Dos Anjos just pretty much hits the Achilles heel of everything that Barbarina does not want done to him. Yeah, and no, I'm kind of surprised he's this big of a dog, but when or big of a favorite, but when you start thinking about it, I, I think it does make sense, and I think it kind of comes down to that stylistic matchup, like you said. I, I think when Barbarina can get in a uh, a bit of a firefight or a, a sloppy slugfest and, and kind of show his grid. I think that's when he's at his best. I think someone like Dos Anjos isn't going to play that game. I, I think he's going to be attacking him, um, not just his head, but, uh, knee, you know, legs and body with kicks and, and body shots and punches to the body. I think he's just going to light up Barbarina from kind of head to toe uh, and just take over in this fight. Um you know, I think if you're going to play it, obviously the money line, you're probably going to want to parlay that or, or you know, you're going to be putting a lot down on the money line. Um, you know, a, a colleague of mine, Manpreet Jass, uh, he did a write-up for Action Network making the case for Dos Anjos via decision, which is at a much more reasonable minus 125. Uh, so I think if you're going to play that fight, that's a, a good angle there. I, you know, it plays into Barbarina's, um, you know, kind of his strength and his grit and his durability, and it's definitely there. Um, so I don't know. I think if you're looking for a way to play via decision is probably a good option, but I think this is definitely Dos Anjos' uh, fight to lose. And Spencer, how are you going to be able to approach this fight? Just because as it was mentioned by Dan, I mean, it's a very chalky money line. You've got ways to be able to reduce the juice. So, which is good about this fight. It's not one of these things where the round prop is at like one and a half. So you're not able to get into decision and you have to pick the exact way that it's going to finish or anything like that. So what is going to be your approach in terms of this fight? For me, it's just a a little light play on the other side. Brian Barberine is coming in on a three-fight winning streak. It's a couple of good wins over veteran guys in Matt Brown and Robbie Lawler, the former champion, who he stopped in July. And it's just a little bit of insurance in case Rafael Dos Anjos, who just turned 39, has taken a little bit of a step back and Brian Barberina has taken 
a little bit of a step forward that this sort of legends tour that he's on is also that he's hitting his stride. And so getting Bam at, at plus 400 on the money line and plus a thousand at on a decision, just feel like the easiest ways to me for a little bit of action on the opposite side of it. Though I do think most of, most of the time that these two fight, all things being equal, RDA gets a victory for sure. And let's take a look at what is going to be the last fight on the card. That would be Kevin Holland against Stevie, the Wonder Boy Thompson. I'm going to lead off with you on this one, Dan, because we're seeing the Wonder Boy who's out there for the first time in darn near a year be right around about a plus 145 underdog. This opened up as a pick with Thompson. Last few fights have not necessarily been going his way. I still think back to many years ago when he had that draw against Tyron Woodley and I mean, the way that he was able to say in that fight is nothing short of amazing. And I think we're seeing that indicated with the round prop being right around a four and a half. It's a little bit juicy under, but I do think that Thompson, he's going to be able to hold in this one. And I do think that Holland should have been the favorite to start out with, but I think it might be going just a little bit too far at this point. Yeah, I, I haven't really gotten myself to the the betting window on this fight yet. I, I lean Holland minus 170 uh, in that neighborhood. You can also get him inside the distance at plus money. Um, you know, I, I think those are are kind of uh, smart approaches. I, I just I, I I think that Stephen Thompson has kind of one way to win this fight. We know he's a very good striker. Um, you know, very good from distance. I, I throw Holland's a good striker. He's also got the wrestling. You give me a guy who has another way to win a fight, and I'm probably going to lean that way. But honestly, I think if you're going to just kind of do a straight up money line play, it, this is one of those situations where, I, you know, it, it's going to be a late fight card. I think this fight's probably going to uh, start about 12:30 a.m. Um, so maybe you don't want to sit around waiting for a live betting opportunity. But I, I could see Thompson getting off to a good start. Uh, maybe that evens up these odds or it's basically a pick as we start approaching round two. And then maybe that's when you fire on Holland if if he's your guy. But it, it's going to be an interesting fight. But when it comes down to it, I, I think the wrestling of Holland uh, could give him an out if things start getting a little dicey on the feet. Yep. And where do you stand in terms of this one, Spencer? Because with Stevie, he's now 39 years old. So he's getting a little bit longer in the tooth. It's been a while since he's been able to go out there. But we have seen just everything coming on Anthony Holland at this point. As a 44-year-old, I think 39 is still good and young <laughs> and capable of doing all kinds of things in the octagon on Saturday. Getting Wonderboy at, at plus money just feels like a worthwhile play to me. Uh, we haven't seen Kevin Holland beat somebody of this caliber before. And yes, Stephen Thompson's coming in off back-to-back -back losses, but they are against absolute straightforward wrestle you fighters in Gilbert Burns and Bilal Muhammad. Kevin Holland is known to want to go in there and just have fun and mix it up and goof around a little bit. And I think there's opportunities for Steven Thompson to win a decision here from range. As Dan says, gets me looking at some of the overs on the round props should be a fun fight though, to close out the night. Absolutely. And both of you guys do a great job of covering the UFC dance up over there at UFC and Spencer. I know you're a freelancer with most of yourself over there at UFC.com. Always do appreciate it, gentlemen. And coming up in the final segment, I'm going to give you guys my plays for college basketball on this Friday, right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. on VSN, the sports betting network. Calling all soccer fans, lace up your cleats with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. With Bet with the World Cup in full swing, now is the perfect time to check out Bet Rivers. 
log in to Bet Rivers every single match day, and you're able to get a free $10 bet when you place a wager of at least $25. Bet Rivers has the latest odds, lines, and boosts to be able to create a perfect match day experience. Head on over to DraftKings.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get it on the action, as it is a whole new game. It is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. A little bit of a programming note for those of you guys that are listening live to the Greg Peterson Experience. Coming up next is a replay of the Greg Peterson Experience. If you are listening to a replay, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, it's Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard. I'm sure that they're going to have their thoughts in terms of Thursday Night Football, taking a look at an amazing weekend in sports. The U.S. is going to be playing in the World Cup in the round of 16. Been a while since those of us here in the United States have been able to say that. So it is going to be absolutely tremendous. And what else is tremendous is being able to take a look at the great game of basketball. We also have a great UFC card. So thanks once again to Spencer Kite. Does great work over there at UFC.com. Doing a lot of freelancing over there. And then we also had on Dan Stupp of Action Network. They joined me the last two segments to give you guys some plays there. They certainly have much more knowledge in terms of UFC than myself. But... I like to think that I've got some expertise in college basketball, so let's take a look at what we've all got on the card, and we've got my DK Nation right up here in the ACC, 863-864 on the betting board. It is Clemson, and they're going to be playing us Wake Forest. Wake Forest opened up in a lot of spots as a 3.5-point underdog. We've seen this come down to 3 in quite a few spots. I'm seeing a few straight 2.5s, including where I sit here at Circa, and the total on this game is anywhere between 142.5 and 143.5. And the write-up is going to be on Wake Forest. Typically, money lines are not up until the AM, so it's most likely going to be me taking between three. Would love to see if it gets back up to three and a half, but that's that most likely going to be three, and with this total, I do like it under, but the write-up is going to be on Wake Forest with this Wake Forest bunch. Been very intriguing to take a look at them throughout the season because I like what I've seen out of them. They bring in Damari Monsanto along Davion Williamson, they were both playing for Steve Forbes a few seasons ago at East Tennessee State, and you just got a really well-rounded group that is headlined by Tyree Appleby. Appleby, in my opinion, is by far the best player in this game, averaging 19.5 points, 4.5 boards, 5.5 assists, 1.8 steals, while shooting over 45% from three-point range. And you just have a Clemson team that doesn't provide a lot down low. You've got two guys that will be able to register north of three rebounds per game, and as not as misspeak, they've got two guys who are giving you more than three rebounds per game. That would be Ian Shifflin along with Hunter Tyson. And Tyson, he's been able to do a solid job. 14 points, eight rebounds per game. And it does feel like P.J. Hall is getting back to his normal self. He was out of the fold to begin the season due to injury, and they've been sort of easing him back. The 25 minutes that he played against Penn State is a season high for him. He's always been able to give the team 10.5 points per game. At right around six foot ten ish he's been able to pop some threes, but... He certainly has not looked 100%, hasn't necessarily been able to do the best job on the glass. And this is a glimpse of a team that I do expect a little bit of negative regression in terms of a three-point shooting percentage. As you've got Chase Hunter, who's been very solid for the team. He's chipping in their 15.5 points, 5.5 assists per game. He's shooting 57.5% from three-point range. And Seth Curry doesn't shoot 57.5% from three-point range. Let's call it what it is. This is going to go downward just a little bit. Alex Hemingway able to do a solid job as well. He's able to get the team 10 points, pair of assists. He's been bombing it from three-point range as well, but I do take a look at this Wake Forest team, and they've got some specialty players that are able to do a nice job on the glass, and that ultimately is where I think Wake Forest is going to be able to win this game on the boards, because with Wake Forest, you've got a nice combo player, and Andrew Carr comes over from Delaware. He's been able to give the team 11 points, right around five and a half rebounds per game. 
He's someone that while he was at Delaware shot nearly 40% from three at six foot ten last season. Then you bring in Cameron Heldreth. He comes in from actually the country of England and here in season number two with Wake Forest, he's really been able to take off. He had a triple-double in a game about a week or so ago against Hampton, and he just fills it up. 12 points, 5.5 boards, 3.5 assists. He's able to shoot about 35.5% from three-point range at six foot four. He's able to do a little bit of everything. And then someone like a Matthew Marsh down low. He's got good 7-foot size. He's able to give you some rebounds. They bring in Davion Bradford. He was playing at... Kansas State last season, and Jay Otika, he was missing for the beginning part of the season. He's someone that, when he was in the Metro Atlantic, was the Rookie of the Year in that conference last season. When he was at Maris, he was able to be a north of 40% three-point shooter. So him coming back in the fold, that is absolutely massive for the team as he's been back for about two games, was a little bit missing in that Wisconsin game, so you don't want to be taking note there, but that just provides a little bit more depth in terms of this Wake Forest team as well. So I take a look at this circumstance, and I think that you've got good value on Wake Forest. I'm going to be writing up this spread in terms of the DK and Ancient Pick, but in all reality, I like the money line here with Wake Forest. You're probably going to be able to get some sort of like a plus 135, plus 140, something like that if you're getting three points like I'm seeing right now. So I do think that you've got relatively solid value here on the money line. Clemson, always one of the solar teams in all of college basketball. Brian Brunel always coaches very good, tough, tenacious defense, but Wake Forest has actually been the more efficient defense this year as well, so that plays right in their hands, and I do think that this is going to be a total that is going to be more in the 130s rather than the 140s. So I do like this total under, and my write-up, that is revolving around Wake Forest on the spread and or the money line, and we've got a few other interesting games that we've got on this college basketball Friday, including a game involving a bunch in Iona that is one of the bigger favorites on the board. 867 to 868 on the betting card. It is Iona playing Osa Niagara. Purple Eagles are anywhere between 12 and a half and 13 point underdogs. They open up as a 12 point underdog. And your total on this game, it is anywhere between 129 and 129 and a half. And I think we're beginning to reach a point of no return with Iona. With Iona, the opener of 12 was pretty much a max that I was willing to lay. Now, if you're getting 13 or more with Niagara, it is starting to be value because with Niagara, the one thing that you know for this team, and they're coached up by former Duke legend Greg Paulus, is that they're going to play a methodical, slow style, and they are not going to beat themselves. As for Niagara, out of the 363 D1 teams, they rank 343rd in possessions per game, so they really do go into slowdown mode. And then for the Gales of Iona, you do have a team that I like what they've brought in here in the offseason as you've been able to get some really good production out of the guy in Dennis Jenkins, who juniorcollegerecruiting.com rated as a top five Juco transfer, and he has lived up to the billing thus far. 17 points, 3.8 assists, four and a half rebounds, and they have a pop three set a 37.5% clip. And with Iona, certainly fascinating to take a look at the team, to say the least, because you do have a guy in Quinslesnitsky who's been able to pop threes. He's got good size, but he's most likely going to be out of the fold. He's missed each of the last two games for Iona now. Have no fear there. You've got Nelly Jr. Joseph along with Barrett Jean Louis. These two guys are combining for about 23 points, 12 or so rebounds. They're both able to give you a combined two and a half seals. And Nelly Jr. Joseph, one of the more underrated shot blockers in all of college basketball. Two and a half blocks per game at six foot nine. He is a mountain of a guy. He's able to do a great job on that front. But that said, I do think that Niagara is going to be able to hold in this game because they do have one guy that's able to 
pretty much take over a game, and that would be Noah Thomason. He's the only guy on this Niagara team that's averaging double figures, but I mean, he has been tremendous for this team. Averaging 16 points, four boards, three and a half assists, he's able to bury about 43.5% of his threes, and you just take a look at the way that he's been able to build up since the beginning part of the season. It has been absolutely tremendous. 15-plus points in each out of the last four games at a pedestrian first two games of the season against Maryland and the Bracket Bus and Bucknell Bison, but past that, he's really been able to get online. He's been able to sink some threes, and I do think that he's going to be able to keep this team very live in this game. I do think that it is going to be a little bit of a slower game and that you've got an Iona team that this season they've been more of a mid-tempo team after they were in the top 100 in terms of possessions per game. You know the style that Niagara is going to be playing, so I did set my total more around a 128. So here at a 129, I'm going to be willing to dive under. And now that we are seeing this thing get steamed north of 12, I'm going to be willing to take the points with Niagara as well. And then we'll give you this one very quickly as well. 865, 866 on the board, Charlotte, playing us to Appalachian State. Appalachian State between a 6.5 and a 7-point underdog. Open up as a 7.5-point underdog with your total anywhere between 121.5 and 122.5. And I think that it's just went a little bit too far with Appalachian State. Donovan Gregory, great last name. He's been solid, 15 points, 5 rebounds, few assists per game. And you've got a very versatile player in Ali Khalifa for Charlotte. Guy saying 6'10". He's able to give the team double-figure amount of points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. He's able to pop some threes. Charlotte, a very wise team, but Appalachian State is as well. They're sort of mere images of each other, so... Being able to get north of seven points with Appalachian State signed me up there. And I think that this game is going to be close enough to where we get late game fouling. I did set my total as a result at more of a 124 because if either of these teams are down six, eight points with a minute left to go, you know what that means. The foul game, it is on. And something else that is on, that would be the pro tip for this hour. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all these pro subscribers. They get access to all of these sorted by show and by sport. And the pro tip for this hour, we were talking about it with our UFC panel in the last segment. Good way to be able to reduce juice on a lot of these chalky money lines in the UFC. And we've got quite a few this weekend. Is instead of a money line, take a look at perhaps a round prop to be able to help out with that. And helping you guys out next, take a look at everything that we're getting in this sports weekend. Mitch, Mitch Moss and, Fall, and Paul Howard with Follow the Money next here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. 
And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.